Welcome to Global Truth Center. So, I do want to tell you something today, which is that <clears throat> I want to challenge you today. In today's talk, uh, I want to challenge you to rethink some things. I'd like to cause some disruption in your normal way of thinking. And if you're not in for that, um, well, you're in for that. So uh, <laughs> disruption is not a bad thing. Disruption can allow us to have everything fall apart in order for us to decide what to pick up again. And sometimes in life, we need to do that. That's what harvesting is all about. Getting in there and breaking it all apart and taking what we want and then putting the rest back in and let it decide to be what it's going to be next time. So the title of my talk today is What Comes Up Must Have Been Planted. And I want you to think about that for yourself. What comes up in your life? Things don't just come up. It's like, oh my God, how did that get there? Well, because you planted it. Somewhere you planted it. If it's in your life, you are a part of it. If it is in your life, you have created it on some level. And I'm not saying we're all walking around saying, oh my God, I, I, I created that. Oh my God, I created that. We have to know we did. But the, the thing is, we don't just walk around getting crazy because of all these things that pop up. That would make us crazy, kind of schizophrenic. But our job is to be responsible and understand what's going on in our lives. So, Anil Seth, now he is a British professor of cognitive and computational neuroscience at the University of Sussex, and I know that's a mouthful. So I'm going to say it again slowly. He is a British professor of cognitive and computational neuroscience at the University of Sussex. And I want to read you what he said, but first I want to tell you this. There's a reason why this is called the science of mind and spirit. It's because there is a scientific, there is an intellectual and a smart way of looking at our minds and what our minds are capable of doing in the world. And science and religion, science and spirituality, science and philosophy go hand in hand in proving and disproving these theories. So I'm going to talk a little bit about quantum physics today, but not in a way that's going to blow your head up, I hope. So this quote is this. He says, and this is very simple, we don't passively perceive the world, we actively generate it. We don't passively perceive the world, we actively generate it. Because Jeff and I may see two see the same thing here, but his perception of it is going to change it change it in relationship to him. And I'm going to see it my way, which will change it in relationship to me. But here's the thing that we don't really take into consideration. The way he sees it and the way I sees it changes it anyway. That's what quantum physics is all about. The smallest particle is changed by the observer. So you are changing this world based on how you are in relationship to it. That's what we are finding out. 
So you want to know why we talk about um, race consciousness? So important to our philosophy? It's because we understand that race consciousness is you and you and you and you, all looking at this thing together and changing it. And therefore it changes in my experience of life. And if this whole room changes it one specific way, the power is exponential. That's why they say where two or more are gathered in its name, there is love. Where two or more people are gathered in love, love grows exponentially. That's why Sundays are so important. Why we're coming together as a collective is so important to sit in a room and sing that chant and to feel the vibration coming through all of us. We are changing the world because we are changing the particles in the world. So we don't passively perceive the world, we actively generate it. Now that can blow your mind if you really think about it because most of us think we're just watching the world, we're seeing the world, we are participating in being the observer, but we don't really take into consideration how often my observation, my observation moves. That's why in practitioner world, we are, we are understanding now that treatment, science of mind treatment, spiritual mind treatment, affirmative prayer, it is a movement of energy for a specific purpose. I take my mind, I focus it on only truth for a specific purpose. You, you're having financial problems? You take your mind and you use it to know the truth about money, to know the truth about it, not the relative truth about what's happened in your world with money so far. The biggest problem we have in teaching prosperity classes is getting people to let go of their old beliefs about money. That's what's causing the lack. Or their old beliefs about, um, about, about uh, disease. That's what keeps those diseases in place. Any old beliefs, they are constantly moving in your mind and changing whatever's in front of you and creating from it. So, he goes on to say, consciousness and intelligence are different things. Consciousness and intelligence are different things. Now, in Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, in quantum physics, which is the study of the smallest particle, mankind's observation of a particle influences the particle itself. So that's quantum physics, and that is Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Mankind's observation of a particle influences the particle itself. So what's influencing it? Well, there's the difference between consciousness and intelligence. Consciousness is every person in this room thinking. And if I were to draw it on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on the board back there on the wall, it would just look like this beautiful vibration, all these different colors and vibrations of consciousness that all intertwingle. Intertwingle. <laughs> you heard it here. <clears throat> That's a scientific word. <laughs> it's part of Heisenberg's theory. Intertwingling particles, uh, intermingling <laughs> particles. It would just be all of this vibration of life moving around, bouncing off each other. That's consciousness. And consciousness is yours to use because you are consciousness. So then what is intelligence? Intelligence is the divine understanding. Deve intelligence is the oversoul, Emerson calls it. Intelligence influences our consciousness. So there is this intelligence, this highest form of intelligence that you are, that I am, we are that, 
but we're so free within the consciousness of life to create any story we want. You can take a story about a blood sausage and a whatever that other sausage was he was talking about, right? Or you can make a story about the, the diamonds. You can make a story about a man crucified on a cross. You can make a story about a little round guy sitting under a tree. They're all stories. They're all the way we take with consciousness our intelligence and form something out here. So one of the questions I'm going to have for you this month is, what stories are you going to harvest about yourself? What stories do you keep telling about yourself? Because every time that story is played, it's harvesting a whole new day for you. And it doesn't mean that divine intelligence isn't there perfectly, perfectly appointed to do, to do your bidding. But through consciousness, we get to decide what that bidding will be. I can take the perfection of the universe and turn it into a really bad day. Anybody ever do that? <laughs> Just have someone cut you off on the freeway, your day goes because you've let your consciousness go away. Oh, you focused it right here. So, Meister Eckhart says, what we plant in the soil of contemplation, and if you were in meditation, um, this is what uh, Connie Milner read this morning. What we plant in the soil of contemplation, we shall reap in the harvest of action. So what you plant into your mind, you will reap. Why? Well, just because. Because that's how it works. So as you use your mind, that takes action. So if we go back to quantum physics and we go back to the idea that you are, with your thought, you are actually changing things, you are actually creating things. You are creating the response that whatever it is you're thinking is going to take out here. So whatever you're doing in your mind turns up as an action in your life. Have you ever gotten yourself sick? I remember once I was in the Pocono Mountains when I was a little boy. I think I was like seven or eight. And I went up with my friend, my next door neighbor, but my family had a house right, right around the corner from them. Well, around the corner, it was in the mountains, so up a hill. And I was supposed to go home with my friend, but my family was there. But my, I mean my family. And it was the first time I understood that family can sometimes be harsh. Probably I understood it many times, but this was another time. And so I went up to my aunts, and I, my one aunt said, oh, why don't you just stay the rest of the week with us? I was like, great. And as I was leaving, I heard my other aunt say, I can't believe you asked him to stay here. <laughs> and so I stopped, because you, know, you, you want to hear what they're going to say after that. And, then, and my aunt's going, well, why? And she goes, he's so difficult. He's like, he's, we can never find him. He's just such, he's so busybody. And they called me itchy. She said, he's just this itchy kid. And that was my other aunt. And then my other aunt, who was like a mother to me, said, I know. Well, now I'm just walking. And so I just went back to my, my friend's house, and I was really upset. And um, got in the car, didn't even tell them I was contemplating staying, and we drove away. No one had mobile phones that, that in those days, so they couldn't call me to see what happened. So they had to live with that for the next few days because <laughs> I just did not get back to them. <laughs> but halfway from the Pocono Mountains to Philadelphia, I threw up. I mean, I stopped the car and got out, but <laughs> that would have been horrible because I was in the back seat with a dog. And Later on in years, I thought about it. And I thought, the mind can do so many things. If you just keep thinking these sick thoughts, you can make your body sick. 
that's who we are. That's what we get to do. How many of you even know the types of thoughts that are going on in your mind right now and what those thoughts are creating? That's the harvest. That's harvesting your mind, finding out what is in there. What am I thinking? What, what am I, what's making me sick in this world? You know, I was very ex happy this week. I, I had to go to the doctors. We went for a blood test, and the doctor uh, said to me, um, she was looking at, at our, our, our ages on the form, and when she saw my age, she just assumed that I was, it was wrong on the page. And she said, this says 65. I said, mm-hmm. She went, no. And, but, but the great news was, not just for my ego. <laughs> well, that was the great news. But more great news was that she was serious. She wasn't just kidding me. And she kept, for the next five minutes, she kept looking at me going, really crazy. And I thought about it all day. Of course I did. Um, <laughs> in fact, I've told everyone. Um, <laughs> I have, wow. No, but, but the reason being, because I did, I, I made a conscious choice that all those things we have to believe about aging, they're not things I have to believe. None of us have to. Look at Dr. Sue. She's, what, 92 now? She's 92 years old. Does she look 92? That woman, I swear, she's gonna be here to 192 and still as vibrant. She's smart, she's alert, she, her body's in great shape, she dances, she sings. She, she's just amazing. Yeah, yes, Dr. Sue. So, so, all of this is to say, you have a powerful mind. We need to start harvesting this mind to use it to our highest and best. Vibrant bodies. Healthy minds, healthy hearts, healthy souls, incredible jobs that we love doing, friendships that nurture us, loves that, you know, I was driving up here today and I was thinking about my husband, who is really, <laughs> they say that people stand on the shoulders of those that help them, and these are very strong shoulders I stand on, and I do stand on them a lot. <laughs> I depend on him a lot. But what I realized driving here today was this, somewhere I made a decision to marry this man, to say yes to this man. And that has given me 31 years of, 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 of solid comfort, of knowing where I am. I don't have to think about that part of my life. That part of my life is. The love soulmate part of my life is, and I know many of you feel that about your partners. With that, I can do so much more because that's done, that's accomplished, that is solid. Would I feel that way about every other area of my life? Imagine what life would be. And I do feel that way about most areas of my life. I, I, go, I bounce back and forth, don't you all? Sometimes I'm good at this, sometimes I'm good at this. So, Joel Osteen, <laughs> I think I've quoted him once in my entire career, um, but even he says this exactly the way it's meant. He says, if we say it long enough, eventually we're going to reap a harvest. We're going to get exactly what we are saying. That's Joel Osteen. So this month, I have a question for you. Are you willing to put this science to the test? This is the month you need to harvest. Are you willing to put this science to a test? Are you willing to pay attention to what you're saying over and over and over and over again? And not only pay attention to what you're saying, but pay attention to what it's doing.
And notice that you are harvesting. Notice that you are creating your life based on what you're saying over and over and over again. Based on what you believe over and over and over again. So this month is a month for us to harvest, to really test. Start, start saying what you want. See what happens. Start planting what it is you want. So could you give me the next slide? So here you are, planting. You're, you're, you're in the dirt and you're saying, and you're getting dirty right after last week. You're getting dirty in the dirt and you are planting what you want. That means you are planting the seeds of thought that you want to grow. And here's the deal. Sometimes we plant these seeds. We know what we want. We say we're planting it, but we let so much else get involved and we end up with this. And I mean no disrespect to you, little squash or whatever. <laughs> oh, it's a lemon. And see, you don't even know what you've planted. <laughs> right? So sometimes you think you know what you want, but in your mind, you're planting other seeds too. I want success. Oh my God, am I really equal to it? Oh my God, this person's so much better than me. I don't think I'm going to get that. But I want success. So that's what you get. You get a lemon, <laughs> and not even a nice lemon. You get a lemon that's filled with mixed messages. <laughs> so this is the month we get to harvest our minds. Really, harvest your mind, just like a farmer would do. Harvest your mind, find out what's in there. And you know what? That can be a little disruptive, because you're going to have to be honest. You're going to have to really look in there and say, you know what? I, I'm actually like this. I'm actually like that. People in my practitioner class, they're used to this. This is what being a practitioner is. It is constant disruption to get back to the truth. Ministerial class just takes that tenfold. You cannot get through practitioner class or ministerial class and still be in the same shape you were when you started. You must be willing to break it all apart and then choose. No, here's who I know I am. Here's who I choose to be. So, you're not all in practitioner class. You don't have me every Tuesday night screaming at you. You're not in ministerial class. You're not there every Thursday night to talk about sausages. <laughs> but you're here on Sunday, and I am willing to disrupt this whole congregation, just turn you all into jelly, if you're willing to go with me and take a look at what's there. Yes? Good. Ernest Holmes said this, the mouth speaks from the heart. It is impossible for a man to conceal himself. In every act, word, or gesture, he stands revealed as he is and not as he would have himself appear to be. From the universe, nothing is or can be hidden. The very walls have ears and the mirror of life cannot help reflecting back to us that which we say we are. Not that which you truly are, that which you say you are. So, who do you say you are? That's what you get to decide this month. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. 
Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.